People are fascinating, especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? Hey there! We did, so the theories were live. I'm just going with that assumption. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty live. I feel... I feel all of the pulsing. My hands are freezing. You look great. Thank you. you I'm so glad. Alive. I look alive. Yeah. How are you? I'm sorry. I forgot to pay attention to you. You're, you're good? Great. So I'm Adrienne <laughs> Gunn. I am, I am here with my new friend. Sipa Swan. Sipa Swan. I, I'm loving that this is actually perhaps the first time we've ever had a conversation. In real life, for it 100% is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We have been in sim the same rooms. A bunch of different times so, over the yeah. years. We have been Facebook connected for quite a long time. Yeah, a couple of years at least. Right. Yeah. So you're watching history. Yes, this is us. We're gonna do we're gonna be like, who the fuck are you? Tell me about it. How's that going? We are still in Portland, Oregon. This is live. You may be joining. It's uh coronavirus has escalated to like the kids are no longer in school. Yeah, the events just are shut down. Everything's being canceled. If you're watching this um, in the future, you're going to be watching this in the future. It's so good. But um, we have no idea what's going to happen. It's very exciting. So yeah. see, if there's time travel, like send something back and tell us. And if we don't hear at the a knock at the door, we'll know you failed. Fair. Yeah. The challenge, the challenge waiting is out the there. Door. <laughs> waiting on the door. What I'm excited about is that at least at this moment, I had toilet paper for you in my house when you came, and you were so, like... So, I know. I feel really honored. Thank you. Yeah, and you brought tea. Yes. Uh, if you would like to also have tea today, we're enjoying throat coat. Yes. And my owl cup. Super hot. I don't know if it's drinkable for me yet. How was it? I did a weird sip. <laughs> the tentative sip. Well, I don't want to burn. Like, I, I don't want to scald my mouth. So my mouth is going to be hot, but then also my microphone's really close. Mm. And so I was like, do I want to have... Slurpy sounds. Oh, it's delayed. I can watch me doing it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Technology. So we've got a That's TV amazing. behind there to catch us up. If you happen to want to type us a comment or something, we'll we'll likely see that at some point. Fun. That's awesome. Okay. So since we're Facebook connected, mm -hmm. there are two things that pop in my head. Well, I guess three. The three things that pop in my head from you are we were at a marketing event, like a networking event, and at the end they were karaokeing, and then you were suddenly a badass vocalist. And who the <laughs> fuck is that? And wow. So that happened. And then recently we both went to the same keynote speaking seminar. Yes, it was so good. And you were one of the featured keynotes. We got to watch you work through a process. And for the love of God, there was a ridiculously compelling and amazing story that you shared there. Oh, thank you. That was huge. And I don't know if we want to talk about some of those things. We you might. absolutely may. Yeah, please question me. About and then recently, things. you decided to participate in Lent. Yes. Okay. Do you want to start with that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, I decided, like 
I think the day of Lent, it was like the morning of that Lent started, which I think is Ash Wednesday. I literally, like, I'm not Catholic. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, like that. Something it's like that. I think right it's Ash Wednesday. Right after Mardi Gras? Yes. Yeah. That's, so Mardi Gras. All the I was tits and out, beads and then right, suddenly right. everybody's behaving. <laughs> Pretending they're good, <laughs> um, which I think we do a lot of. Um, so I was out for Mardi Gras and my friend that I was out with said, hey, it's Mardi Gras. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Mardi Gras. I think I'm going to do Lent maybe. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So I was lying in bed at five o'clock on the morning and I thought, I'm good. I'm going to do Lent. I am. And I thought of all these things, you know, like five o'clock me lying in bed, comfortable, has a lot of ideas about what I'm actually willing to do. <laughs> okay. Cool. That, that like nine o'clock me who has to get up and do them does not agree with. So... <laughs> Five o'clock me is very ambitious. Nice. Five o'clock me decided to give up alcohol, uh -huh. sugar, uh -huh. speeding, okay. swearing, right. and sex, which is so Those cute. are super... <laughs> Those are all my favorite things. <laughs> Those are... I had somebody recently when I was like, oh, you're a hypnotherapist. I've been thinking about giving up swearing, and I did not say, why the fuck would you do that? But I'm going to say that to you. Why the fuck would you do that? I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> this is this is a five o'clock in the morning decision. So, yeah, yeah. so I, um, I'm a psychic and I like, I also channel divine messages. And this felt like something where, you know, God or the universe was like, this would be good for you. And I'm like, okay. And then at nine o'clock, I was like, what did you, <laughs> six weeks of no sugar? Are you insane? And right. so, but I, you know, I <laughs> like I'd committed. So I, what I've been realizing is that it's such a good, like they each have a different value to me. So like not okay. speeding is just safe and like, obviously I should not speed. Sure. Duh. Yeah. That's easy. It might be easier to get around Portland if you don't speed because Portland's weird. Portland's weird, but also like if I'm, you know, like driving is always a risk. I just rather not speed. It's just mm -hmm. like a really bad habit I got into. And it's kind just, of it's, stopped doing it a while ago. Yeah. There's like, I can't validate speeding morally. Like yeah. I can excuse it. I can tell a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of excuses for speeding. Also, it's fun. It's his fault. You're too slow. I was late. You know, I have no control over my own schedule, which is like all, it's all BS. Yeah. So the speeding was like an easy thing. Um, alcohol. When you had like three cocktails on Mardi Gras and it's five o'clock in the morning on the morning after, it's very easy to think that you're never going to drink alcohol again because <laughs> I turned into a lightweight. So like three, three cocktails. I'm like, listen, I'm never drinking again. And yeah. it felt real. I think most people at Mardi Gras make <laughs> right. that decision. Right. We've all made that decision multiple yeah. times, I think. Um, sugar. So I coach a lot of my clients on weight. And so we talk about not eating sugar a lot. And it is actually a great decision for your body, for immunity, for like weight management, for mental management, because the mm -hmm. dopamine that you get from eating sugar will just mess up your brain. Yeah. So that wasn't like, that was also kind of a gimme. That's like, all right. I just like I and I normally don't eat sugar, but I just gotten I've gotten sloppy. Sure. The last like month or two. Um, so that's let's see, speeding, alcohol, sugar. So swearing. I noticed that I was getting very lazy in my speech. Like I was like I forgot half of the adjectives and adverbs I know. Sure. And I just replaced them all with swear words. So, um, <laughs> but so I just gotten really lazy in my speaking, and I I don't want to be somebody who a can't control the amount of profanity that comes out of her mouth. Okay. It was a little excessive. But also, I just wanted to make sure that my my mental faculties were still sharp and that I was still able to communicate eloquently Fair. without substituting the F word for half of what I say, Yeah, which kind of <laughs> is what was happening. I have a strategy. I'm yeah. really good at trivia. 
fun fact about me. I believe that. People need need it. I don't know how I would do it current current events mm-hmm. because I, I'm not catching up, like keeping up with all what the kids are into. There's so many of them. Yeah. There's so many events. But I have found myself being ridiculously good at trivia and my, you know, they have the, what are they, mnemonic devices? Oh, yeah. Apparently my device to remember things is fucking, fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking Reagan, fucking, fucking Popo Dicio, uh, fucking, fucking... <laughs> The Paris Street, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Idol. Yeah. Okay. So, so. I'm talking about your mnemonic me. devices. Sure, sure. That's that sounds yeah. like it's very functional for you. It makes sense to me that you would find yourself feeling lazy and wanting to make sure that you still could articulate. Yeah. And sentences. Because I really like to talk and I really like to have opinions that are well thought out and I like to be right a lot. It's one of the things I enjoy very much. High value. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like to be, thank you. That's a better way to put it. High value. <laughs> High value for being right. Right. And <laughs> you are more convincing when you're not swearing all the time, I think, when there's like more substance to your speech. Checking so, in. You asked earlier, is this, is it Lent now or did it's that It's currently still Lent. Ah! Lent goes for, I think, 14 months, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> It's actually six weeks. There's only 40 days. So here's the amazing thing that happened. <laughs> I was like, it was like day four, I think. I've given up everything yeah. that's fun. And I'm like going around my house and I'm like, stupid, I want some chocolate. I can't, I want a drink. And I can't even swear about it. I was so mad. And my housemate said, well, um, Sunday's going to be really good. Then I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, because you don't have to do Lent on Sundays. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I was aggressive about it. It's like, what are you talking about? Right. She, and she said, um, she's like, well, yeah, when I did Lent a few years ago, you we took Sundays off. You don't do Lent on Sundays. I was like, are, what? Are you, what? She's like, yeah, you don't, it just doesn't count on Sundays. And I was like, are you sure? And she's yeah. like, well, I, I was. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm like getting like more and more hyped up about this. Yeah. Um, it turns out Lent doesn't count on Sundays, which is hilarious because if you think about what I gave up, Sundays are just like a freak show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and it's now Sundays are sacred and they're the yeah. Sabbath for some religions. Yeah. And now you're just. I'm like, here's what's happening Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to drive very, very quickly with a chocolate bar in my mouth. Right to a bar mm-hmm. where I'm just going to randomly screw strangers and swear a lot about it. Well, None of this has happened. No. None of this has happened. I like, I said the F word a lot last Sunday. That's like all I did. Yeah. But I feel good knowing that I could. That is <laughs> really So the sex thing, just to like be really honest about it, I'm not like noble or a nun or anything. I just already wasn't having sex. And I mentioned this earlier. I just really wanted credit for it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think that's brilliant. If you're going to like participate in this Lent thing, just yeah. like it'd be great for not me anyway. to announce yeah. to everybody, I'm not drinking alcohol for Lent. It's so good, I right? I haven't had alcohol in like maybe 13 years. <laughs> lost count. It's like, ah, yeah. no, That's I'm like when you do a to-do list and you put shower on there. And you're like, I was going to do it anyway, but I'm totally going to put it on my list and then cross it. <laughs> or like you put yeah. the, like the last three things you did. You're like... You're like, get up, make bed, brush teeth. You're like, did it. Totally rocking my to-do list. <laughs> totally. Well, and I only found out about this because you posted on Facebook mm-hmm. and you were wearing this leather jacket. And I was like, 
like I do, I just sort of skim, mm -hmm. skim read, scan, and I was like, I gave up stuff for Lent. And I was like, oh, it looks like long post. We're entrepreneurs. Sometimes there's these like vulnerable rant posts or yeah. these other things that like entrepreneurs are like, oh, this will be a story. And I'm like, wait, hot jacket. I'm going to read that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I gave up stuff for Lent. And I was like, well, at least she didn't give up that jacket. And then I actually read the damn thing. <laughs> it <was laughs> Thank a, you. It's a very good jacket. It is a good jacket. Thank you. So if you find Sipa online, you could you could look at this. Post. Actually, the jacket is the one in the picture that I, I gave saw you for that. This. Yeah. So I was going to. Yep. Good for me. My title, I guess, for this show is Leather Jacket Enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> I like to apparently come up with weird, playful titles for me. I will totally take that one. I love it. My That's last good. episode, I guess I was a cat whisperer, which was not what I said I wanted to be, but it worked out because we mean, accidentally talked about why would you not want to be a cat whisperer? That's amazing. I, th I just thought we were going to end up talking about a different thing in that show. I don't know. But we're here now. We're here. Hi. Okay. So that all makes sense. Good Lord. Lent. When does it end? Um, never. I'm pretty sure. No, I. Um, it ends at Easter. So oh, I never know. When I don't remember when Easter is. I'm just gonna like. I'm kind of. I'm kind of in my groove now. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I love not drinking. Not drinking. It's pretty great. Is even more fun than drinking. <sighs> There's uh, when I stopped drinking. Yeah. Which was a while ago. I I did it because my body metabolizes it very weird, and I almost died. Oh. And so it just seemed like a pretty decent idea not to take because I could never anticipate the the fallout like I'd have four drinks and no nothing would be wrong mm -hmm. I'd have one drink and then I'd be a, like a crying emotional person for a week I'd have two drinks and then I was shaking and convulsing it was that never sucks. yeah so there's like no consistency at all right okay yeah. that's scary it is scary it's and really then scary. I was like almost I almost died and then I was yeah. sick for a whole week and I'm, like, yeah, I'm done with this so I discovered a lot of things for instance there are people there were people in my life at the time whose personality shifted rapidly mm. when they were drinking. And not everyone is as interesting as I remember <laughs> when I was incredibly sober. I also... So true. Yeah. Nah. So I had to... I, I narrowed down a lot of my friends to the kinds of friends that I could enjoy the same... If they were drinking or not drinking, they still had the same depth of personality and ability to connect with me. Yeah. Because if they, if they shift, if they... I had friends that would black out when I was hanging out and I didn't know and... So yeah. my friend shifted a little bit. Unfortunately, most of my friends were in the category of we're still interesting and we can engage. That's awesome. Whether we're drinking or not. So that yeah. was awesome. It's such a good rubric. Right? Like, even yeah. even if you you don't want to stop drinking, I think it's really useful to, like, spend some time with the, your friends or your family or the people you're dating. Oh, fair. yeah without any alcohol and see because like what I also realize realize is there are people who I'm talking to them and like 15 minutes and I'm like I really want a whiskey and when I <laughs> when I don't have that I'm like oh either I have to bring something new to this conversation or maybe these conversations need to happen less frequently yeah and fair. it's just really it, it's really revealing anyways so you're gonna yeah say, well the next level is drinking there's this okay I have sex less often because I'm, I find people less interesting. But you're conscious for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The, uh, but there's also this bit of like the second wind. So people drinking at nine or 10, I just get sleepy. 
Yeah. And then I get home and I go to I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And like then you I wake up in the morning and you feel so like a human. Like a human and yeah, capable it's of awesome. things. And yeah. yeah. So that whole second wind of drinking world, I don't have access to that. So if people try to invite me to things that are like after nine or ten. I don't understand events that start at like nine o'clock. People are like, oh, I'm going to this party at nine. I'm like, you're going to a party at nine? Instead of coming home. What? It's yeah. Weird. yeah. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? What kind of a party? They this, don't. This party must involve cocaine. I turn into like my own grandmother. I'm like, there's no way a party that starts at nine is legal. What are you doing? Stop it. Like, <laughs> Well, but these are humans that have, have a really ambitious like 11 a.m. version of themselves and then the 1 a.m. when they actually get out of bed version of them. <laughs> they are not the 5 a.m. versions of themselves. Right. I'm just guessing. That's probably true. Or back when I did drink, I also drank a fuck ton of energy drinks. I'm just going to cuss oh, for you. Is that all right? Thank you. Please. Yeah, please I'm on do. it. Yeah, I'm um, helping. If any swear words do come out. So first of all, I just want to confess, there is not a single day that I've made it through without swearing. <laughs> it's been like two and a half weeks. Every single Intention. day. Intention Today I got them out of the way early. Sure. Um, if I do swear, it's for marketing purposes. Okay. That is fair. <laughs> That's like my caveat. I've decided well, I, have thing, a, I have a We don't know when people clause. watch this. So it won't be lit oh, when they watch okay. it. We're in a You're magical right. world of uh, television. I love it. I love it. Bubble. <laughs> Everything is fine. We can tell because we have, the, you can't see the outside. We're on a set. Yeah. Frozen in the middle of the time. No. What is, it's like the, yeah. um, it's some sort of vortex. In time travel, there's always some sort of like vortex. Yeah. Where, where like nothing's happen like so there is no time in here yeah 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 okay, i forget what cool. that's called maybe but... we're um could, ooh, could we be in the tardis okay okay that's a doctor who thing that right? is a doctor who thing okay that is Super one of the cool. shows that i am not made of okay but i so know good it's from just skip the david tennant part it's everything <laughs> you need it's very good okay so we're getting we're getting conflicting information from our producer about these i'll fight you <laughs> Yes. David Tennant, skip there. Uh, what year is that? 2007? I have literally no idea. Great, I'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's the best one. Oh. They're all amazing. Mm-hmm. That's not true. They're not all amazing. Some of them are okay. Oh, well, but I have a really high tolerance for watching things that are actually terrible. Okay. And finding them really enjoyable. You could enjoyable. start with the initial reboot of Doctor Who that was, what's the guy's name? Oh, we're Chris? getting agreement here. Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Also phenomenal. Okay. He's phenomenal. And then, like, from there, you're pretty much set. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, I like. So we're in a TARDIS. Could we're in a TARDIS? Bigger on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking how that's not what she said. Yay! <laughs> I mean, you said that, but that's <laughs> we we should coin an opposite of a, that's what she yeah. said phrase. Yeah. Okay. Let's. We're gonna workshop that, and we're gonna get back to everybody. <laughs> awesome. Okay, we put on a title for you. F- feminist life coach? Yes. Is that, yes. That is your... Yes. That's what my life, my title is Okay. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Feminist life, life coach. Yeah. What has that meant for you in the last week? So I have begun being more honest about my opinions. And I think for a while I was really trying to be professional and neutral and not broadcast all of my political opinions yeah. to everybody. And honestly, there's just no point because as soon as you meet me, I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot of political opinions. I think the political is like the personal is political and the political is personal. There are things that I just found this amazing meme that I thought was really helpful. And there's like things that are political, like should we repave the roads at this time? Do we need more lights in the in the street? Do we want to close schools for two weeks or three weeks? Like what are you know, those are political decisions. 
are gay people humans? Not a political decision. <laughs> That's not a political opinion. Right. Like, are women as good as men? Not a political thing. Sure. So it's like, I was trying to be, so I was like neutering myself. Oh. And so I, I just, it's, it's not helpful. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help other people. And the people who don't like me have a right to not like me for what I actually believe. It's That's okay. Fair. Yeah. Like people are going to dislike me. A lot of people are going to dislike me. That's totally fine. And I want to give them that chance. <laughs> like, let's, ha- let's let them have their opportunity to feel really good about themselves, really self-righteous about deciding that I'm an a-hole. One um, of the things that I came up with uh, five, six years ago was this idea, you know, where you don't quite know whether people love you for mm, who you are. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. People's worth and whether love is how it shows up and that sort of thing. And I just, I just recognized that you won't ever know if somebody loves you for who you are unless you're completely yourself. Yeah. That's so that's, brilliant. What's really great so is true. it narrows down all the stuff because then your only responsibility is to be completely yourself. Yeah. It's really, that's so good. And it's what I find, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah. It's really, it can be really scary. But what I found is that when I'm being like censored, Zipa, people are like, oh yeah, I love you. Fucking alliteration. Yeah. Censored Zipa. Starts with, yeah, which is great because... I now actually know how your name goes. Yeah. Did I tell you that in Facebook world I'd been... I forget an... that people don't know how to say my name. I'm also never offended by it. It is a very strange name. Yeah. So it's not a big Seba deal Swan. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Nailed it. So good. Thank you. Sounds amazing. I apparently don't always like say out loud the things I read. And I always I sometimes move letters around. So you were Tispa Swain. <laughs> For years, you were Tispa Swain. That's my, the don't give that? away my spy name. Come on. Now I have to destroy you. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> this will be your last time seeing Adrienne. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. We're going to have to, we're going to have to make some changes. Just. <laughs> sorry. Not when... related to what you were saying at all. <laughs> but a worthy, a worthy tangent. Yeah. Um, so when I'm being censored, Sipa, like, People are like, oh, yeah, no, like, she's cool. She's nice. Like, she's, yeah, like, I like her. Yeah. You know, like, the people who love me are like, yeah, I love you. But when I'm being, like, full out me, mm-hmm. people are like, I love you. <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah. And then also many people are like, you are a lot, and I am not into it. <laughs> that <laughs> is awesome. much more divisive. Yeah. But it's such a nice sorting technique because, right. you know, again, like, people have the right to decide they don't like me. I shouldn't fake my way into people's hearts. Like, nobody yeah. needs that. Go yeah. find people you love. It's fine. So it's just easier if I'm myself and I'm, like, kind of a lot and I mess up all the time and it's fine. Oh, I think I awesome. try trying not to mess up. And listen, I screw up, like, constantly. Yeah. Like a human does. It's you know? really like that hard to decide in this weird world of like businessing is, is, is mm-hmm. my term businessing in an entrepreneurial space that's helping. And we're, there's this, there's these weird rules about what authenticity looks like and people have a different level of access. So we're trying to be people, but we're also trying to be marketing in some sort of yeah. way and, and which versions of ourselves are useful. And I got really, when, when I was in the seminar that we were both yeah, took yeah. The, the thing for keynote speaking, I had I had been in a shaken place of relationally in my life. I had been in a relationship where I, I sort of left myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt a little lost and had forgotten 
I'd forgotten who it was, and this 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 thing reminded me. Oh, you're you're an entertainer. You have these other things. There's a lot of stuff going on. But yeah. I remember one of the things that was really frustrating in that time was also getting really pissed off about how everybody else was showing up and all these weird cookie cutter versions of how you're supposed to be an entrepreneur mm. and how you're supposed to produce content and seeing that like the same five versions. Of, I'm not going to say the group, the MLM of coaching practice, but everybody doing the same vulnerable post or the like. Yeah. I would see the same six because I'm connected with a lot of really right. earnest, wonderful people. Yeah. Like, I know, like two thirds of my friends are coaches. And, yeah. like, and like we fall into the into the thing of like, here's the outline. Here's how you're supposed to do it. Right. And we try that, which is it is a useful step. And it's a tool, like a, a phase a lot of us have to go through. But then we have to make it our own and change it. And it's just like, it's interesting when you're yeah. seeing a lot of people in that really early stage of being like, here's the way you post, I guess. Like, yeah. and, and it's not like bad. It's just that it gets it, it gets samey. It gets samey, yeah, and and if no one tells them they're supposed to like break the rules and make it their own, then it never changes. And that's the funny thing, because you can't teach a template that's called well. Let's teach it. We're gonna let's make a thing that's called okay. break the rules and make it your own. Yeah, and we'll like put it in a template. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> the first the rules you must follow. Here's to break our the rules and make it your own. And bring a fucking slideshow. <laughs> Is my slideshow? Shoot. <laughs> what are you feeling? Say the things. <laughs> Just help people. I don't know. That's my that's my first crack at the presentation. Okay. I don't know. You what are you can... feeling? Say say it to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of it. Okay. That's that's kind of perfect. Let's do that. That's done. And we're gonna put a donate button at the right. bottom. <laughs> Thanks for joining our like workshop. Our Patreon. <laughs> like share. Oh boy. Yeah. So you're now showing up and being yourself. Yeah. I'm. I'm really. Um. I mean, it's what is on my face. My hairs. Probably. We have three cats between the two of us, so there's cat hair everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's always a it's always a work in progress, mm -hmm. right? There's always another level to get to, and so it's like I think, oh yeah, I'm being very honest with myself and being honest with very with other people and being really vulnerable, and then I like do that for a while. And I'm like, oh god, okay, all right, I'm lying to everybody all the time. Great. It's like you find another thing. You're like, I didn't even realize I wasn't being honest about that. Yeah. Okay, then you go be honest about that, and like. You know, and it's not like you have to tell everything to everybody because there are some things that you get to keep private and you mm -hmm. get to decide wherever that line is. But you can be honest about the fact that you're making that decision. That's fair. You know, like I'm, I have now <laughs> told, because my posts are public, I've told the entire Facebook world that I'm not having sex. And I thought yeah, about that I thought that was like, do I want to post that? And I'm like, I do. Okay, <laughs> let's go for it. The gut like, check. What like, is your gut check? Sorry, people I'm dating. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a, do you have a, like, here's, 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 I'm crafting this idea. I think that this would serve, serve what I'm feeling playful about or interested in right now. Do you um, have an internal check for that? Yes, I do. It's a pussy check. Oh, hey, that yeah. deep. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't lie to me. She never does. <laughs> you heard it here first. Fair. I went to Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts Mastery, okay. which is like this whole thing, and it like decolonizes patriarchy, and we talk about, um, uh, it's like goddess training and divinity and yeah. like your divine inspiration and um, just like where divine inspiration comes from, from for female-bodied people or people right. who identify as women in a way that's, you know, important to them. Um, and it's your pussy, whether right. that's a literal or a metaphorical one. Right. And the, um, I've really, one of the things I've noticed is that I now am very comfortable using that word and most people are not comfortable hearing it at all. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's a it's a triggering word for a lot of people. But what's um like that was such a helpful thing for me to get through. And um the value that I got from it was that I really um so the word the word vagina means mm-hmm. sheath, okay. like where a sword goes. Okay. As in it has only one function and that's to have something put into it. Okay. Which not true. Um and so when we when we shift the word to something that's that has no patriarchal like possession like that, like like we're reclaiming the word. Yeah. Um we get to make it mean whatever we want. We get to have that that relationship that we make with it. And it's just it's so much more so much more fulfilling. Also, vagina's kind of a bummer word. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. It is a little a bit. Vulva's kind of a bummer word too. True. Like I don't know. Pussy's love pretty words. great in the sense that it's like there's like there's plosives. Yeah. Which are plosives like, are very good to have in a word. Yeah. You can't edit those out. It's yeah. All, it's like, oh yeah. it's here. That's staying. Yeah. That's that's I've the audio engineer version of me with the <laughs> plosives and pussies and things. You cannot yeah. it's really hard to edit out plosives. Yeah. So it's just yeah. potent. It, yeah. I I had experiences of going to two different public floor therapists. Okay. In the sense of like reclaiming the creative source of like oh, womb cool. energy and that sort of thing. Tell me. And it's fucking awesome work. That's actually. So cool. I don't know if you've ever gone. No, but it sounds amazing. Well, check this out. There's all these muscles in there. Yeah. And then there's the vagus no- nerve that connects the whole. Oh, the vagus the nerve thing. is everything. Vagus nerve. Vagus right? nerve is everything. Truth. It's so good. If you have problems with your vagus nerve, my naturopath told me that. Um, so you can tell whether you have a good vagus, a good vagal response by how strong your gag reflex is. Oh. That's like one of the indicators. Um, but if you have a, if you need more vagal tone, doing enemas helps. Fascinating. Yeah. I have a friend who was just excited about our, I'm, I'm loving that our producer is here. He's going to find it. I pooped today t-shirts from, from the hip. She was excited about I pooped today t-shirts because her sister uh, does enemas. She has a clinic and she does those. Oh, like she's like hold like colonics with the yeah, whole. Oh man, yeah. those are. Those so are she wants to too. sell those. Yeah, yes. pooping is very important. Yeah, everybody. Pussies are important. Pooping is important. Yeah, we need to talk about these things more because yeah. I really think that sunshine is the best in- disinfectant, and so that's one of the reasons. Oh, are you in the in the anal sun thing? What is that called? No, <laughs> like <laughs> anal bleaching. No, 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 no. There's the like sun salutation where you like like stick your your anus up to the sun. What is this? No, it's, it's I have thing. no idea about it's called... <laughs> Oh, this so there's our t-shirt. Yeah, I pooped today. It's up. And Yay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I have no idea about that, but it sounds really fascinating. Sun is good. Um, I, is so good. sunshine is the best disinfectant. Like if you, if you want something to get cleaned out, you just like, you need to expose it to the sunlight and look at it. Which right? is Transparency. actually timely because we're all going to be running out of toilet paper. Right. <laughs> And we need to I be top of mind for disinfectant. Right, so, right. So after you go, uh, wiggle a bit, uh, clench on, clench, clench on, clench, and then go out and find some sunshine. And do a, do and a then, sun salutation. Downward facing dog. Then you don't need TP, but then also just wash your hands. Also, make sure you have a tall fence. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna stuck at home and we're gonna get to know our neighbors a bit differently. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this no so so there's muscles in there yeah 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 and the deal is that it's connected to so much of the rest of you that a lot of us store tension internally even even uh 
everyone has a pelvic floor. I was trying to figure out how to include all of the bodies. Everyone, right. everyone has a pelvic right. floor that could be addressed and shifted and tension released yeah, there. So there are ways to, yeah. to do Everybody can floor. clench that area. Clench and unclench. Everybody needs to unclench it. And the idea is that it's a massage internally that releases tensions. And so, so many genius. traumas are in there and that yes. sort of thing. Yeah. Who? There's a book. I am sometimes really good at finding out what the book is. Uh -huh. Is it Wild Feminine? Nope. Uh, Tammy Lynn Kent. Somebody Google it. Who, who is locally trained a lot of the public awesome. floor therapists. And I don't okay. know if I inverted her name with the lead singer of the Dixie Chicks. Got it. I have but no I idea. Know. I'm really just zero help for you here. But I think it's called the internet... Wild Feminine or something like that. Okay. Public floor the, book. We're, we can look. Yeah. And we can like figure it out. And the, with process. the power of Google. Of figuring out how to like engage That's and so deeply connect with the themes of your pussy and your womb and your pelvic floor That's, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's... So my other housemates and I were talking about, he mentioned the title or the name of this concept, um, an Archimedean point. And I'd always thought of it as like as a key leverage point, but I didn't realize there was already a name for it. Mm -hmm. And it's that point, um, so like Archimedes said, give me a lever large enough and I could move the world. So it's about like where you have your fulcrum and where you have your lever. And that point where you have the most leverage is like we have those points in our lives. And so I used to be a birth doula. I trained as a birth oh. doula and did that for um, like a minute. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I've always been fascinated with childbirth and like birth control. I volunteered for Planned Parenthood when I was in high school. Like it's just really fascinating. And I think one of the things that's so important about it is that it's one of these Archimedean points. It's mm. where there's so much leverage in like a person's first sexual experiences or major sexual experiences or childbirth. Yeah. And and those places can be so determinative of how our life goes, like how yes. we think about ourselves, how and it's because that whole area is in, in anybody, it's like got so much power in it. It's where, it's where um, the way that I intuited it and the way that has felt confirmed for me and like obviously everybody gets to disagree is that female identified people get their divinity through their pussy, literal or metaphorical, and then male-centered people get it through their heart. And we societally tend to think of it as the other way around. Yep, yep. We think like dudes are thinking with their dicks and ladies are just around the feelings. But when <laughs> when you like actually get people in their power, it's the other way around. That makes a lot very of interesting. sense to me. Yeah. In the work that I do with people, so I call myself a breakthrough specialist because I, I'm trained in techniques that allow people. So you've heard of... People who have like life-altering situations, car accident, right. cancer diagnosis. Changes in a second. Instantaneously, yeah. right? And then you change it back in a second. <laughs> so I am trained by people who were brilliant back in the 70s who figured out, wait, if the brain can do that, if that's possible for somebody's priorities to completely change and their personality to completely change, how does that work? And how we how can we do it with a, without them having to like nearly die? Right. Right? Yeah. that's helpful. Great so I'm trained plan. in that stuff. And what happens a lot of times is people think that they have a problem in a particular area, and it turns out these leverage points, mm -hmm. uh, sexuality, where trauma lives is usually birth. Birth has instances of trauma that that play out over time in people's personalities and their and their things, and then and then these sexual relational things. So yeah. I know one of the things that you had described yourself as in the past is a health coach. You help mm -hmm. people with with fitness and health and yeah. other such, yeah. and I. I often have people come to me because they're like, oh, you know, hypnosis, you know, these tools. I want you to help me with weight loss. And yeah. I was like, that's 
Great. I would love to help you with weight loss, knowing full well that I'm going to help、right. them with their sex or relational trauma. Totally. Because oftentimes, what what it's a hard it's a hard balance because people they they think they they think、it's、they the want the、in. goals. That they want, and so you're like, yes, I will help you with that, knowing full well that the problem you think you have isn't actually the problem. Yeah, it never is. And the result you think you want isn't actually what you want. Yeah. Hand me money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, totally. It's, It's um because so yeah, so I coach people on weight loss. People are like, I want to lose weight, and I help people specifically stop overeating. That's a lot of like I work with people on that,、mm-hmm. you know, fairly frequently, and. You know, we we look at like what are the physical chemical addictions that you have, what are、mm-hmm. the emotional addictions that you have, what are the mental addictions that you have, because sugar and flour, which is processed just like sugar, it functions the same way in your body. It creates this dopamine rush, just like any like drinking or sex or porn or shopping or overworking or any of those things. They create a dopamine rush in your body, and you're using the dopamine to buffer from the painful sensations that you're internally experiencing, which is. Life, which is life. You try to just, mediate, right? The pain of living, right? Yeah, and the pain of, like you say, the trauma, or like your work sucks, or your relationship is really hard right now,、mm-hmm. or you know, you are not over the like the bullying you experienced, or like you, you know, went through a health scare, and you're like, there's something stored in you. There's some kind of pain that you're turning into suffering, and then you're trying to alleviate the suffering.、Yeah. You can alleviate the suffering with dopamine, but the pain never goes away. And so, if your pain is always, if you're always turning your pain into suffering, then you're always going to have to drug the suffering. Whereas, if you just learn how to handle the pain, which is inevitable as a human being that is alive and conscious,、mm-hmm. then you don't suffer, and you don't need to drug yourself. Yeah. Well, so one of my friends, going back to pooping. Yeah. One of my friends has this <laughs> amazing. Should. <laughs> we should always get back to pooping. Basics. Yeah. So a friend of mine loves to say <laughs> that pooping is the waste of of eating, the byproduct of eating, and、mm-hmm. the baggage is the byproduct of life of living、mm. and figuring out how to cultivate a relationship with with emptying your waste. Yes. Having some sort of way to poop your. <sighs> That's. Awesome. Your issues, yeah, yeah. yeah you、it's... have to, you have to clean out your mind. Like that's why I coach is because it's, it's not just like, like I think that there's, there's so much value in having things where it's like I would love just some sort of like pill or procedure where you go in like sunshine, spotless mind, and you like go in and they're like, let's just take out all the bullshit. Bull- bullshit. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just like take out all that stuff that happened, and then you'll be fine and you'll be happy. But it, like, it's. We think of it as like this thing where we, it'll just go away, but it's not. It's like owning teeth.、Mm-hmm. If you don't brush your teeth every day, they will decay. You have、yeah. to floss them. You have to brush them. You have to not go to sleep with a lollipop in your mouth. Like there's rules about it, and we don't think it's weird. Or we shower every day. We don't think it's like we're not like, oh, my body's broken. It stinks terribly. Right. Like, well, when's the last time you showered? Like I showered like four years ago. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like we don't think that that's a problem. We just.、Yeah. We know that that's how it is, and our brains are the same way, and our hearts are the same way, and our spirits are the same. Like we have to clear this stuff out, or it just builds up because we're always accruing good and bad. Right. And if well, we want the good to be what sticks, it's like you bring stuff into your house, you also take out the trash. Truth. You know. Yeah. Well, and and it for everybody's paradigm, it could be different. Like, I, I have witnessed. People instantaneously shift. Yeah, I'm part of the group of people who recognize that trauma is absolutely healable. Totally, it is 100. And your triggers. So there's this idea. I like to think of it as this: is I, I'm trained more in mental emotional release in the sense that you. This is my favorite metaphor. So if anybody's heard this on the show, then you know that I'm just announcing it. So someone would come to me, right? They they're at a dance. 
and the person next to them flips their hair in a particular way and then somebody comes over and asks them to dance and they're like oh i know if i flip my hair people will be into me right yeah so they start flipping their hair right and then 15 years later they have a completely different hairstyle but they're still flipping their neck and so they come to me because they realize that that strategy has nothing to do with whether people are into them or not but they've been flipping their hair and they're doing this. So they come to me and I get them to stop flipping their, their hair. But mm -hmm. then they need to see somebody to help them with the kink in their neck. Right. And flipping their, ne their head in a particular way for 15 years and the, the ramifications of that. And in coach world, then you would be like, okay, now that you have a new strategy, mm -hmm. you, get to, you get to decide how to walk in. You get to decide how to pick up new things that you want. And that's yeah. a more approach. So they come to someone with me that eliminates the, the misplaced strategy or the belief right. that... You know, let me delete that belief about flipping your neck and let me delete your strategy of flipping your neck. Yeah. Now. Now let's learn a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to have both parts of it. It's like it is, especially because there are so many people like, I think just the older I get, the more I realize how messed up everybody's childhood was. Yeah. If you think your childhood wasn't messed up, either you're the 1% or you're lying to yourself. It's okay. Yeah. Just, it's okay. Or you've happened it's okay to, to be like, either. set yourself in the right kind of circumstances where you're fucked up is actually useful. Right. Right. Also, also valid. But it's like we, none, like nobody's parents are perfect because parents aren't perfect. They're humans. Like we all just, we all just accrue a bunch of stuff. And some of us get a lot of trauma. Yes. In childhood or, right. Yeah. Fun club. Yay. I know. Don't touch your face. <laughs> My hand is in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm One fine. thing I've learned the last couple of weeks is I love touching my face. I, know, I touch it's so it good. 300,000 times a day. Touching my face is is my number one leisure activity. Yeah, that's good. Like, especially now that I'm not swearing or, or having sex or doing anything else. Yeah, essentially, we both washed our hands before yeah, we, we did. did. We're good. These hands are fine. But they also had the pleasure of smacking. Want to do it again? Let's do it again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, we interrupted your flow. Um, I don't, oh yeah, trauma. We were talking yes. about trauma, isn't that fun? Win. Um, so like so many of us have really massive trauma and we do need something like that. Like I need something really intense to help me undo the really intense thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And it's so necessary. Absolutely. And it's not like a one and done thing. Yeah, no, Like no, no, it's no. a one and done for that situation, but then you still have to go be a human in the rest of life and you right. need a new strategy for that because... Like, well, essentially, if your nervous system's been formed around trauma, you, you need to actually learn new techniques and new ways of showing up and that sort of thing. There's, yeah. there's a process. Coaching's great for that. Yeah. For, for being uh, in real time, assessing your recent experiences and picking new things and, and trying it mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And, and we just, I mean, humans have not been taught how to think by and large. Hmm. Like, no one taught me how to think. And... I remember being like seven and realizing that something was very wrong with how <laughs> things were going, like in my family. Right. And and like I love my parents and then I have a little sister and she's incredible and um, so it's not like their fault or something, but just like none of us got tools. Nope. nope. And then the world kept like humans kept humaning around me, I and I was around like other children who are demons. A lot of the time, they're just <laughs> like monsters, and they're amazing, but also monsters, especially to other children. So it's just like I remember being like seven and being like, something like this needs to be different. Something's really wrong. And then I read um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Okay. Which have you read that? Uh, it's like the from the seventies. 
Livingston. It's... What's the title of the thing? Jonathan Livingston Siegel. That's, That's just what the it's name called. Of the That's thing? just the name of the book. Oh, it's just. I just like... thought that was the author. No, I don't remember who the author is. I need okay. to reread it because I literally haven't read it for you know since I was seven. I will put it on a list. I will read it. It's this big. It's really little, but it was Good. fascinating to me because this there's this seagull. It's really about a seagull. Oh. And he's not like the other seagulls. He doesn't want to like just eat and like fight over food. And he he wants to fly. He wants to be like the best flying, like best flyer he can. He yeah. wants to like do artistic stuff and hard stuff and like do these like dives and pull out at the last second. And he keeps like ending up bedraggled and kind of scrawny because he's not really fighting for food. And everyone's like, you're so weird. <laughs> and so he starts like he's thinking differently and he ascends to a different plane of existence. Right. And I remember reading this and being like, hold up. You could just think different stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm doing that. That's way better. <laughs> I love it. It was oh so helpful. And like knowing that thinking was the thing that was going to get me through is what got me through the, you know, the like pain of existence. I went through my midlife crisis very early. I was oh, like good, 10. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I like, got that That's out of the way. So I'm set for a while. Yeah. Um, but it's like knowing that it was about thinking is really what helped me get help get me through, and then um, and then yeah, like just the better like the better thinking tools I've gotten, the better my life has gotten, and the better I can interact with it. And so that's why, like that's why I love coaching is because yeah. it's like it's about thinking, which is, I mean, how we spend, what, a lot of our time. spend a lot of our time. Yeah, especially if you're like if you're you know like so smart. And if you are like somebody who observes a lot or if you're an empath, like empaths tend to overthink all the time. Sure. Um, and entrepreneurs are always thinking and like people who have really good hearts, hearts of service in the world, we tend to kind of overthink like 98% of the time. Sure. I'm going to go with that like ballpark figure. That's, that's, that seems accurate in math world. Right, right. And so like all of my clients are these brilliant loving, incredible, talented, gorgeous human beings who have been using their big, brilliant brains to like attack themselves yep. over and over again yeah. because no one taught them how to think. Thinking your way to freedom, essentially, is what I think about because yes. the where I heard, I got into 12-step stuff early because that was the tool that my family went to for, for dealing with some of our trauma and dysfunction. Cool. And then somewhere around 19, I went to see a hypnotherapist I thought I was seeing a free stage show, a stage hypnosis show, so like an entertainment. It was on a TV commercial back when people That's watched amazing. TV. Like and then you showed up and not... I show up and it's this, it's this intro event for a two-day seminar. And he says that language doesn't describe your reality, it creates it. Yeah, wow. And at so 19 you got that? Yeah, I got that oh. at 19. And so opening the path of recognizing that you can communicate with yourself and with other people in such a way that you can change your own life and you can change theirs. Yeah blew my world wide open. It's amazing. And then I reinforced it because I was also learning sales oh. at the same time. Nice. So like yeah, high level does... steroids of what communication can do and how influence works. Yeah. And uh, a good friend. It's always good to have sort of genius like Menza type friends in the corner who who's like, oh, this is NLP and hypnosis. Mm -hmm. I can. And so we started geeking out using it to negotiate, like getting our bands booked and all this That's other stuff. That's amazing. Learned it casually and then somewhere in like 30, what's the math? 33? Went and studied it specifically. Nice. So yeah, this That's idea so cool. that you can, you can change your life by what you do with the pictures in your mind and how you change how you think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's magic. It's like actually magic. 
Yeah. And also, it's just science. Like, it's how the world actually works. It's how humans work. Yeah. Yeah. Stories, thinking, thoughts, pictures. Yeah. I don't know. I find it fascinating. I'm checking in on time. I okay. did not ask you how your time is. I can stay here all day. Oh, I got creepy. We're good. Well, so we're in. I mean, we're quarantined. Yeah. So do you have any questions? Uh, CJ is telling us we should get a bidet. That is accurate. Bidets are phenomenal. How do you dry off from that? Um, What's the second half of the story? I, I'm in okay. the, I'm in, like, I'm visualizing, okay. Wet, like, water splashes up into your, into your lovely bits. Mm -hmm. And then you wiggle around directionally to Right, many of it. them have hot air. Oh, there's air. Some of them, many of them have hot air. Some of them don't, and you can, you know, like, pat off a little teepee. You just don't need as much. You don't okay. need very much at all. But a lot of them have hot air, and they just blow I didn't know about warmth. this air. This is the missing they piece blow, of the story. Yeah, like a lovely caress of warmth up into your nether regions. And then you're clean and dry and kind of warm. And you feel like you got, like, a very intimate experience, but mm -hmm. it was just with you. Yeah, it's really, which are more it's people need more of the yes. solo intimacy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's, it's well, settling. so, hey, CJ, could you put up, um, do you have an Amazon link for a bidet, just in case anybody is now convinced, can we get... <laughs> I mean, I have that. Can somebody buy me a bidet? That'd be great. I'm into it. Yeah. If I, I would receive a gift of the bidet. Speaking of toilet accessories, yes. do you own a squatty potty? I do. Oh, okay. They're the best. Have They're you so talked to people about the squatty potty? Yeah. Okay. I have also accidentally cut a part, part of my toe. I have a plastic one. And I first put oh, it in, and it has this so weird arch. Plastic toe. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know how science, I know how bodies work. It's fine. Yeah. So you, I have a fleshy toe. Got it, got it. Which cool. plastic toe would have been good for this day. So the squatty potty came, it was plastic, and it has this just annoying, like, open arch thing yeah. that's not necessary. And my bathroom is narrow, and so I accidentally cut my, my toe on the top Ouch. of the side of the thing. So now there's gaff tape. That's smart. So another another use for gaff tape, since mm -hmm. you asked, is that you can cover it's both sides everything. of the squatty potty. Just carry it's it my for everything. favorite. It's really good. I the squatty potty or the gaff tape? Both. Both. They're both really good. Do you have experience with gaff tape? Yeah. Okay. I sang opera for fifteen years. That is also fascinating about yes. you. I loved and really related to the story you haven't told anyone, but I know about. Yeah. But <laughs> where where you decided opera wasn't the thing that you were going to continue doing. Yeah. You want me to tell that story? I would briefly? love to. Okay. Yeah. So um, I sang opera for 15 years, and it was everything. It was my entire world, as opera has to be because it is all consuming. If you're doing it, you know, if you're doing it professionally, which I I was pursuing it professionally, and so I was like living sleeping, eating, breathing opera. And I um, was in this place where I was had auditioned for all these gigs and I had been trying to find a job. Like my, I had like quit a job so I could do a show and I was trying to get another job. And um, I was running out of money. Like I had to borrow money from my mom. I was alone at home all day because I didn't have a car and I didn't have any money. So I couldn't like go out with my friends or go out and see anybody. You know, didn't even have like, you know, a few bucks that I could really spare for transportation or like a, a drink at a bar or anything like. So I was kind of just stuck and I was alone with my cats and um, three cats, which is how you love to be at like 20, what was like 27 or something. Yeah. It's like, it was a good feeling. Um, <laughs> 
alone broke three cats yeah like my ex-boyfriend had just moved out of our shared apartment i'm like cool this expense is something i intended to take on also i feel good about three cats as one person now fabulous i was i had auditioned for all these shows i tried to get all these jobs i was broke and lonely and sad and just like really stressed out and i remember being in my apartment and just thinking why am i doing this to myself like because it was all in the in the name of pursuing opera and i thought why am i doing this to myself and as soon as i asked i heard the answer which, pro tip, if you don't know the answer to a question, ask yourself and make your brain answer, because it will. Um, my brain said, it's because you're trying to prove you're good enough. Mm. I was like, well, fuck that. That's done. <laughs> not doing that anymore. And yeah. I can say that because that's a quote. I was quoting me. <laughs> um, so, so I was just like, I'm not, I'm not playing that game anymore. Yeah. I'm not trying to prove I'm good enough. I am good enough. I'm done trying to prove it. And this is like because I had fallen out of love with opera and the process and mm -hmm. it had gotten to the point where I just, I wasn't enjoying it and I didn't feel like I was giving anything to it that was really going to serve people. Right. And it wasn't, like we weren't feeding each other. Opera and I were not the right match anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, so like no shade to people whose like calling is singing or performing of any mm -hmm. kind. Like if it's your thing, then make it your thing. Well, absolutely. it's different if you're massively in love with the thing and it's challenging. That's a different it's vibe. Totally different. Like my saying goodbye to music for a while was literally every show I played. You couldn't hear it in the recording, but I felt like somebody was choking yes. my throat. Yes. I was in so much pain. Also, that could have been mold, turns out. But the thing is, for me, I was like pursuing and really like, I need to be a musician. I need to sing. This is what God wants me to do. This story I kept telling and mm -hmm. just it was so excruciating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Um, and I think it's like how we choose to handle it because, you know, a lot of people get to that point. A lot of performers get to that point because it is such a demanding calling. Mm -hmm. And, um, like for me, I just needed a break because I had so much baggage with opera. Like with, with opera, there are a lot, it's a lot of rules, Yeah, very rule-based pursuit. And there are a lot of traditions. And then there's just a lot of you know, it was, I was making it, I was finding all the ways in which I was getting narrowed and narrowed and narrowed and narrowed, like just getting smaller as a person. And so for me, I just needed to have a break from it. And so, yeah, so I had this moment where, this moment of clarity, I was like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. And in the next week, I got three job offers, no, three lead roles, two job offers, and a car. My grandparents just reached out and were like, oh, we just remembered we have this old truck. Do you want it? <laughs> Duh. Yes, I want it. Thank you. And I got like two of the, like all of the auditions and interviews that I'd been doing for months. Like I hadn't yeah. heard anything for months. And all of a sudden they were like, Poof. and it just felt like confirmation that me choosing me yeah. was a hundred percent the right choice. Like you could not, I could not have chosen better. Like, and it, and it actually, like, I look at it now, I'm like, it actually doesn't matter whether I had stayed with opera or not stayed with opera. It, what matters is that I made the decision, I'm enough right as, just as I am. Right. So if I had been like, I'm enough and I'm going to keep doing opera or I'm enough and I'm taking a break, either way, yeah. would have been the same thing because the confirmation was, you're good the way you are. Alignment. Coming yeah. from a different place. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it was like one of those, like, one of those moments where everything shifted. And it was because of that that thought that I had that like the way I saw the world just I I was like nothing is working and then I just turned it around I'm like oh there it is perfect yeah and it was it like all the slots lined up and it was just it was amazing.
That makes sense. I think in my world, my body likes to steal my voice to let me use it in a different way. Mm. Oh, that's what's, talk about that. What's happened? That's awesome. Yeah. I remember having a, a, a instance with a therapist, and I felt like it wasn't necessarily the right connection. But I was like, kept kept having to explain myself, mm. and my, I would lose my voice in every session that we were in, and and so I was like, hey, I don't need to be here with this person. I think breath, breathing, the things that happen around voices is, is a big deal. Yeah. So that's, I totally that's agree. Me. I my voice, um, and interestingly, my voice and my pussy both communicate with me like that. They're the like same. They're, they, they're, they're both your mouths. Yes, they they're both your mouths. And if they you look at them, voice. if you look at the vocal cords, mm -hmm. they look they look like this. I somebody just posted a trachea plus the like reproductive. They're very the they're, same. They're same. identical. They're yeah. identical, um, and so like mine both communicate with me like very directly, mm -hmm. and the more I pay attention to, the, to them and what they're trying to tell me, the less I can then go back and pay not attention to them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's like once you know, you can't unknow. Yeah, that is the 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 good and bad of yeah. improving the the conduit of communication between yourself and higher selves and all that stuff and yeah. your intuition and your body is once you have a great relationship, you can't you can't unhear. Yeah, the they're things. like, mm -mm. <laughs> no, we established this. There's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, yeah. there is a bowl to your left if you're willing to grab it. This is the bit where we do like rapid rapid questions at each other. Okay. I'm going to check in to see if we did not get, uh, other than get a bidet. Get a bidet. We're going to. We already established that, so we're good. I'm okay. doing this now. This is a bowl of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has touched this. Woo! Can I Yay. spit in here? I won't really. If, if I won't. it improves the moment. Okay, so do I go first? And sure. I, so I, draw, so I draw, hey. draw a question and ask you a question? I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> Jermaine, if you could do anything in the world as your career, what would you do? Mm. I would I would probably uh, chat with people in a show and also do some talks, be on stage giving speechifying moments and workshops. That's amazing. I think I might be doing it, and that's then amazing. and then and then money would just, just come at you, just fly at me. I think people that's would perfect. throw money. Although I don't think I would like to do a speech where people like stuff money in my anything. Hmm. I might try it. You might try it. At least once. I here's more confession time. I stripped very briefly. Oh yeah, how was that? It was terrible. <laughs> I was she I was asks, nineteen. Not picturing it. I was nineteen. Okay. And I was like, I am in charge of my body, and the patriarchy can't tell me what to do with my body. And if right. I use my body, which is my possession, to go out and make money, I get to do whatever I want, and nobody can tell me otherwise. And yeah. And I'm just, I'm a grown-up, and I'm a grown-ass woman, and blah, blah, blah. That is the stripper speech. That is the, word that's the ninth, word. well, that was my speech, like, the whole time I was growing up. Like, you could talk to my mom, and she'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, that child. So, I'm, like, like, full of, like, all of these ideals, and I get to the strip club, and I, like, get out there, and I, like, got a wig, because I don't want anyone to recognize me. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna be I'm like, I'm like, I'm an independent woman in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little ashamed about it still. Yeah. So, um, so I like get out and I never actually like got up on the stage and danced. I like walked around. I like, I, they taught me how to do lap dances and I'm like, yeah. I'm very like, it's so skeezy and gross. Like I, I was like, oh, this is the problem because people aren't cool about it. They're not like, you know, the guys at a strip club, 
like, they're not like, thank you for that interaction. That was very, that was yeah. enjoyable for me and I respect your craft. They're like, they say disgusting things. And I was sure. like, you're ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, don't you respect my artistry and the way yeah. that I move my body and my like, connectedness even with just myself? My, yeah, even just my autonomy. They're like, I know you want me. I'm like, no, I want your $10. Come on. Yeah. And like, I, anyway, it was disgusting. Yeah. Did it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, no. My mom was right. So I went home and told my mom she was right. <laughs> and she was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I think moms like that when you can. Yeah. Say I tell my right. mom that she's right as often as I can. Brilliant. Yeah. We just don't disagree that much anymore. So That's awesome. Yeah. I should check in. <laughs> my mom is of many people. Would you rather be able to run at 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 miles per hour? Oh, fly for sure. What? That's not even a question. Okay. Definitely fly. All oh right. My God, that's so much better. I can already run at 100 miles an hour. I'm very fast. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I, can run, I can run at like a kindergartner's sprint. That's, that's like Like <laughs> that a short kindergartner. Like however fast they can run, like that's as fast as I can run. I'm like now I want to do a video of a race. Okay. Once we can be around people again. We can do races. We can just, you could like shoot it so that we're like actually 10 feet apart, but you yeah. shoot it so it looks like we're like two feet apart. Okay. That's how we'll do it. So you and, you and short kindergartners. Yeah. It's a race. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would it be and why? Joan of Arc. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Hey, Joan, what's God saying? Oh, yeah? Good times. <laughs> can I hold your sword? <laughs> That's what she said. Remember the sheath thing? Never mind. Uh, if you could change places with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Who would I change places with? Man, I don't think I would change places with anybody. Like, I think there's a reason I chose to be this person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like... If it was for like limited time, mm. like a limited time offer in just like a month or something, I know my probably Kate Middleton. Kate I'm Middleton. I'm fast. She's married to Prince William. Okay, yeah, I'm that fascinated Kate. by the royal family. Yeah. Listen, I'm, a, I'm like democratic socialist. I was canvassing for Elizabeth Warren. I'm progressive. I believe in like, you know, I want us all to be equal. And also I'm fascinated by the British royal family. I don't even got a good reason for it. Right. I just love them. I don't Sweet. know why. Yeah. So probably her. I want to like great jackets. talk with the queen. She's got amazing clothes. Her hair is bonkers. And I want to know how many extensions she has. I know she has extensions and I can't find proof, Yeah. but I know it. Um, she's got amazing outfits. I want to know what her like workout routine is. I want to know how annoying Prince William is oh, when he's annoying. not in public. Yeah. I bet he's kind of, I think he's probably high maintenance. Yeah. He's a cancer. I think he's probably high maintenance. Like, like love to all the cancers, but guys, I think he's probably like kind of like emotional yeah. And needy and demanding. Yeah. Like just a little. Not like not like huge problem, but I think he's probably just a little bit. I think she's like the chill person in the family. Sure. I want to know all the things. Yeah. I want to go like I want to do it. I want to go to a banquet. I want to wear a gown and the tiara. I want to like know all the rules. I just think it's fascinating. That's amazing. My answer was super short. If I could trade places, I would be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Why? I want to be or or uh, but his name is not in my head right now. So Dwayne, absolutely. I want to be the rock okay. because I would like to be a giant, lovable man. Oh, that that can just good. lift shit and but the but like a teddy but bear. But he could sings and he's yeah. like he's got a great gig. 
That's he a works really hard for it. He's got all these production companies. He, he gets seems to be great. In movies. He seems like a good dude. He's like inspiring. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. It would be interesting to just have that different physical experience in the world. <laughs> That'd be so interesting. I, what was it? I'd, I wore drag once and it was fascinating. I, so I was a woman dressed as a man dressed as a woman. Is that Victor Victoria? Is that a show? What's the... Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah. yeah, but um, but I, but it was for Halloween. Okay. And so, and I was in stage makeup at the time, and so I was like, well, I'm going to put this to good use. And so I like padded all the curves, yeah. And like I like did ace bandages and padding and stuff, so I was kind of like that. And then I did like guy face makeup, so I looked like a guy in a little five o'clock shadow, very subtle, it's tasteful. Yeah. And um, and just like walked around, kind of like lumbery, and people that I knew very well at school they were like what's up and i'm like they're like oh my god <laughs> oh Siva, what are you doing <laughs> it was awesome and yeah. it was such a different experience just like seeing the way people interact with you it's fascinating yeah i did a halloween a friend teased me he's like what should what should i be for halloween and she said you should be a girl and so i did <laughs> i was i think i was 18 That's i was amazing. 18 and i went and had my mother help me dress up she gave me this Maybe it was a jumpsuit or a two-piece thing. It was red. And I put on a wig and she helped me with my makeup. And it was fascinating. I actually wrote an essay about it and it got published awesome. in a, a local magazine here. Oh, my gosh. Forever ago. I think there are pictures somewhere. But I also... Oh, I want to see those pictures so bad. Dressed in drag-ish for yeah. theater things of playing different females. It's yeah. very interesting. It's so fascinating. I understand now why my mother wears wigs in public and appreciates them because there's a wig magic. Did you find this? Have you been in wig 100%. magic? 100%. Like, people would, this had never happened to me before, but they would be walking in a bar, and they would see me, and then they would walk into things. They would, like, walk into posts, or, like, walk into, like, stools, and then spill their That's beer. And right, I'm like, well, I am, I'm, I'm doing something. Yeah. The next day after Wig, Wig Magic Day is a really low self-esteem day. <laughs> nobody is, like, be. falling over themselves <laughs> to what's, know who What's going who on? You are. Yeah. Shouldn't someone pick that up for me? <laughs> Yeah, but it was like Halo, and I was like, I understand my mother a lot more after mm -hmm. that day. It was very interesting. Also, yeah, I've had a lot of hair colors, mm. and I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, I've had a lot of hair lengths and a lot of hair colors, yeah. and people treat me very differently when I'm blonde Truth. than they do when I have dark hair. Yeah. It's very different. It's fascinating, it's right? So, it's so interesting. And so, yeah, I love the idea of being, like, a really big, burly dude and just seeing what that's like. But it's kind of like, like, that's what I think is going on in the world anyway, is yeah. that, like... So there's like God or God consciousness or the universe, whatever you want to okay. call it. And then like all that is, Source was like, what would be the most fun? I think I'm going to like break off into a whole, a whole bunch of little pieces and try a different bunch of different things out. Like, doesn't that make sense? So like, essentially, I just different things. we're so like, all kind of, we're all this God. Right. Dressed up as different things. Yeah. We're all just like little bits of God and drag. I think you've just explained this human experience in this You're universe. And we're done. And there you go. Okay, no. Thanks, everybody. No, I actually think that's <laughs> no, a really so many more questions. brilliant place to end, though, because we're supposed to. That's oh, what the time says. Oh, at some point? Okay. Yeah. Do we I mean, do, I would like... talk more, but I have to find out if my producer's willing to stick around. There's some rumor about going to look at trees. CJ? <laughs> that, was a, that was a shrugging. That was a shrugging. No, that actually does explain the universe. I don't know if I've heard anybody... Even Abraham Hicks, when they are being Abraham, mm -hmm. sort of plays at the idea that the, the universe needs us to exist here doing this human thing of creating yeah. stuff. But doesn't... And, and then there's the theories of that we are all God. Yeah. And oneness. 
But the idea that it's just it's just this god essence playing dress up. Yeah. Makes so much fucking sense. Doesn't it? And as yeah. performers, I think that we get it really easily because it's like, no, if I had if I had like a thousand lifetimes to live, I would definitely just be a thousand different people. Yeah. And try all of them. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. love costumes. Costumes are the best. That's yeah. why I did the like the dryer. Like I was David Bowie one time. Ooh. That one was really fun. I, you know, like I love getting into a costume and getting to inhabit a different person. And so I totally, like, so maybe that's like my bias because I'm like, listen, if it were God, it'd be like, God would just be like, I want to play dress up a lot. Yeah. Because that's what I actually want to do. But it, like, to me, that makes the most sense. And then it's like, that's how we can relate to each other. It's like, oh, that's how, okay, you decided to show up as this cool. That's yeah. interesting. Tell me all about it. That's part of the work I do and some of the philosophies behind like part of NLP is figuring out. Well, so I've, I've got acting in the back, mm -hmm. as a part of my background, and so expression and how people work and how we're wired and that sort of thing. The idea of, of getting into somebody's model of the world, mm -hmm. the only way to figure out how to help somebody get themselves out of the trap that they created for themselves is to be able to utilize and understand their language in such a way that I can construct the labyrinth yes. in their head, in my own head, and I'm like, oh... If we just get you to I move love and that twist visual. and per, you know, I love that visual. That's and so really to be good. able to like embody all these different people, it must mean we've been around playing this dress-up game for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I just I love that image, the labyrinth thing. That's so good. And it is like we can't change what we don't acknowledge. And sometimes they can't see what it. Like we can always see it more easily from the outside. Mm -hmm. Like having a bird's eye view of the labyrinth. But then like once you're in there, you can be like, oh, I see what you're actually seeing. Yeah. Turn left. Totally. Like, stop turning right. Turn left. And I know you think that that goes down and that's going to take you farther in. But if you go down, then you go to, you know, then you take that other turn and then you're going to go up again. So, like, you can actually guide people back out of it. I love that image. And I didn't even purposely say Labyrinth because of David, David Bowie. It's perfect. Which was... Full circle. Bowie's great. I did not get Bowie when I was little because Crotch was... Bulge was, like, really terrifying to me. I'm, I have a terrifying crush, Crotch Bulge in my, in my David Bowie costume. It's... I'll show you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm pretty sorry. Good. I have pretty, lost words. It's a pretty great quote. It's a pretty great quote. Ah! Yes. Um, it's like that is an important aspect. It's, of that it's crucial. If you don't have that, you don't have anything, I think. Yeah. David Bowie was um, interesting. And I also mostly did not get David Bowie. Like the Labyrinth, the movie, or Labyrinth, I think it's just called Labyrinth. I was like, this is it's like, she's like 13. He's like 30 something, 35. Like that's not a. What is happening here? Yeah. This is very sexual. Also creepy and weird. And like, I get it more now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I was just like really behind the I times or something. I just thought it was creepy and it's weird and weird. awful and scary. There was something really gross <laughs> and scary. <laughs> but I also, and this is a bigger conversation that we didn't have, but I saw you have it on Facebook, sort of. I'm oh. like, oh, I need to like remember that this happened, go back and see what happened. But the David Bowie... Where, where he landed in my world, in my confusion, and in my terror, was also this place that you recently posted a confusion about drag queens. Oh, yeah. 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 For me, the David Bowie thing, I kept getting grumpy at men who... So I kept getting grumpy at feeling trapped because I was supposed to be a girl or a woman. And there were all these freaking rules about that. And I was doing it wrong. Everything mm. I was doing was boy world. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't feel like being a girl or a woman because all the rules are stupid. You keep oh, telling me, like, I keep reaching for something that seems fun and awesome. And you just said, like, you're a girl. You can't do that. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. This experiment about being female something's dumb. I don't want to <laughs> do it. And so then there are these. So, but then it's, it's fully easy as a kid in the 80s to recognize 
what men get to do, what women get to do, what mm. the rules are. And then mm -hmm. here are these men, like they already win. They already get to, theoretically at this point in my perspective, right. get to do everything they want to. Yeah, they have all the They power, also like... get to dress up as bad versions of women. Yes. Too. That seems really rude and mean. Yeah. And very confusing. And then I was also apparently homophobic a little. Oh, okay. I didn't understand that piece and like confused. It took me until I was, I think it was 24 and started working backstage at a drag cabaret mm -hmm. doing the lights and sound. And I had a whole dance, like I was doing the whole freaking show. It was oh, wow. crazy. I had a whole dance. It was really exciting, really freaking entertaining. And it doesn't necessarily, didn't necessarily become less. I couldn't tell if they were making fun of women or trying on womanness or femininity. But the thing that was interesting is it became theater mm. where there were different rules. So here I am in a role of supporting theater and entertainment and then getting to know these people. Mm -hmm. And so people I loved participating in this thing, but it didn't necessarily get less confusing. I just, it became people I actually knew and cared about. That makes and sense. Some of it became sexy and funny, well, but and the also thing is weird because the biggest consumers of this were uh, bachelorette parties. Oh, that's interesting. And bachelorette parties are awful. Yeah. They're, not... they're really gropey. Ew. And like the, the, the least amount of consent from any humans, like a bachelor party comes in and they're super consenty and nice. And bachelorettes are like pinching I don't think I've been around and... much bachelor or bachelorette parties. Well, I think the part of that is like, as you say that like the men, like men are already told by and large, they get to do whatever they want. Whereas women, we have a lot of rules that we're told we have to live by and yeah. be really contained. Pause. I'm still, I have come to appreciate that I was born in the right decade to be female because I think that we actually do have more freedom than men do. I but think we have rules. different freedoms. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I think this kind of comes down to one of those things where comparing your hard to somebody else's hard is not constructive in any way. And sure. usually we use it as a weapon against ourselves and not as a tool. Okay. I'm really big about that right now. Like, are you using it as a tool or are you using it as a weapon? Fair. Like the freedoms, I just, I like my suspicion about the bachelorette parties is that they're like, oh, this is a place where I get to be free and I get to have the power. But and bachelorette parties do that in every building you walk so into. Weird. It's that's so If weird. you talk to service industry people about, like I've been- I don't know that I've ever been a bachelorette party. And forcibly made out with as a karaoke host Ugh. with bachelorettes from the, I think there's something, maybe there's from the suburbs, I don't know. That's that's really uh, strange. But so can we all just agree that consent is a good thing? For all the humans. For all the humans. I think, I think some women forget that that's a thing. I could see how that could be possible. Different performers in, in, in who are like, Storm Large has recently written about women who come up in this like, grab her breasts and she just throws them down not, by the throat. The, <laughs> I would not try hard. a thing with Storm Large. She is well named. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's she'll just she'll just throw she, you on the ground by the She will throat. drop you to the floor. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with her. She's got good boundaries. But this weird confusion of yeah. back in the eighties, all these like men singing their power ballads in front of them long hair and then dressing up and leotards and the whole like it was very confusing yeah. for me. The, the place of cross-dressing and where David Bowie lived at the time. Yeah. Because it was weirdly machismo, which is maybe not the right word to use, but it was like violently masculine, mm. still cross-dressing. 
Oh, I see. I mean, weird. like a really masculine approach to taking on feminine trappings. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the question that I had is that I, I mean, really, and it's not really even a question. It's more that I'm positing that there is an inconsistency in, oh, man, I don't want this to, like, become a whole other thing because it kind of became a whole thing. But, <laughs> like, if we've decided as a culture, and this was, like, in the context of blackface. Right. Which yeah. we've all, most of us have agreed is bad. There's right. some of there's some people who are holding out, but if we just like those of us who have agreed that blackface is bad, sure, like we should not take on like people who are in a relative position of power should not take on like falsely take on the physical characteristics of an of a less powerful group of people mm-hmm. and use it for their entertainment or for like earning money, you know, for exploitative purposes. Like we've agreed that that's not great. Right. But that seems like it can be inconsistent if we look at some drag practices where it's, you know, cisgendered men taking on the physical characteristics of cisgendered women. Fair. In order to perform and earn money and be potentially exploitative. And... I really wanted to know, like, how do we square that away? Like, because I, I like consistency in, I like internal consistency in, you know, in my thinking. Like, here's right. the approach to the world. Like, here's the rule. And if everybody follows this rule, then we're good. And why does this loophole exist in work? Right. It's very confusing to me. It's very confusing. And yeah. so, like, I just think it's a really, like, I think it's a really useful question to ask. So we can say, okay, what are the actual differences? And what makes what one okay? Is. Tell me. I think the loophole... In the past, there used to be people who were straight men cross-dressing and comedians. And I think mm-hmm. that's happening less. I don't think that's happening as often. Mm. And I think that the loophole is you have uh, a group of people that... I, th- I, I could be wrong. There probably are uh, drag queens who are not homosexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are I, yeah. also trans, at this, like the people that yeah. I worked with. So I think it's because it's, a, it's another group that is not in power. Yeah. In some ways. And that and that makes sense to me. The problem that I have is that in some cases, I mean I guess it's not like the problem I have, but it's just like the 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 further question I have then is um like like two things come up. One is some of the time there can be a lot of misogyny within that practice. Yes. And so it's sort of like, ha, 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 aren't women dumb? Ha, 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 look how, like, fake and gross they are, you know? And to me, that's like, okay, well, then don't dress as a woman. That's mean. Like, you don't get to pretend to be a me if you're going to be mean about it. Right. That's, so that's, like, one of the things that comes up. But then also, what is the line of thinking behind this where we're all set? And it's a I don't think thing, we're there. Because within that community, it's celebratory and championed and right but if you but if you ask anybody who's done blackface and like gotten caught they're like no i was celebrating black people i love black people they they're like rarely are they gonna be like yeah i definitely was making fun of black people because they're terrible like no one says that they all say they're like oh no i i have so many black friends like you know there's always Mm. that they think they think that people who who do blackface think they think they think that that they think that like i don't know that well, okay, a lot of them do, but like, like yeah. Justin Trudeau got caught dressed as I don't even remember. I think he was he was in like a costume, and people were like, "Could you not?" And he's like, "Okay, but you know, I don't like people people who that. do that. 
they really think that they're like honoring another culture or another group of people like a good third of the time, I would say. Yeah. It's bizarre. I'm, the only thing I can remember is, was it Tropic Thunder where uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a black man in Vietnam? I haven't, I haven't seen that. It's, I think it's Robert Downey Jr. plays a black man? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, apparently we should watch that. <laughs> yeah, He's Tropic Thunder. Super I think. not black. He's super <clears throat> not black. It That's is a one very thing I know interesting, about him. Isn't it an interesting thing? I know Eddie Murphy, <clears throat> white face and such. And interesting also. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where that lives either. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it, it kind of reminds me of. Um, did you ever watch Thirty Rock? I've seen some moments of it. So there was an episode where. Jenna and Tracy Morgan, they got into an argument about whether white women or black men had it harder. Oh. And so they both decided to dress as the other ones. <laughs> and then, and so Liz walked in and found Tracy dressed as a white woman. She's like, he told her about the argument. She's like, oh no, does this mean? And she came out the hall and, and Jenna was dressed. With, and it was like just the most offensive thing. Yeah. All of it was the whole thing. And she's just like, no, shut it down. And that's kind of where it gets like... <laughs> Like, maybe we just don't dress as each other for a minute and, like, get things straightened out. That's I don't know. Fair. I'm Aww. not, like... I'm, These are the flaws in the dress-up plan. I know. and Because what I would really like it to be is that anybody can dress up as anybody, but maybe don't... I don't know, like, just think really hard about taking on other people's physical characteristics that are not... So, like, I don't know. It's, like, it does get really hairy and you really have to think about it. Like, you have to be prepared to back it up. Yeah. I guess is what I mean. Like, you have to be prepared to, like, people aren't going to be happy. And are you going to feel, like, like morally good about your thinking and your decision-making? And who are you willing to offend? Totally. And so, yeah. So I think it's... I, I, I'm, and, like, I want to be clear. Like, I also am not, like, mad at drag. I don't, like, want people to stop doing drag. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting, like, conversation. And, like, like totally isn't this a cool thing? Like, that, yeah. we, that we think that we have it sorted... And then it, there's this logical inconsistency. Yeah. On this logical inconsistency, here's yeah. a recent example of entrepreneurs should get to do what they do. So I'm on Facebook, as I often am, and I see this this program that's called Shield Maidens. Okay. And so I, I love Vikings. My, yeah. My family lineage, Vikings. And so I'm like, Shield Maidens, it's badass. Some of the greatest warriors that we know about now, because they're plenty of great warriors who've always been women. Yeah. We just don't know. Well, they sorted them wrong. They were like, well, they have a sword. They must be a guy. Something. And then they actually did anthropological research and discovered, oh, no, like half of them are women. Okay, yeah. cool. Now we got it. So anyway. this voiceover comes on, this large, shaped like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, this big gentleman, dark, dark skin, is, is saying these empowering things. Uh, so he is leading a boot camp. And it's this great, it was filmed beautifully. He's leading a boot camp for women to help them, female entrepreneurs feeling empowered. And I'm watching the thing and I feel nothing in my pussy about how this is going. I'm like, this feels wrong to me. Interesting, why? And it's not like it's my first day of having men tell me what to do and how to be a better me. Wait, wait, <laughs> stop. It's not? It's not my first When did that ever that. happen to you before? Every day. <laughs> oh, Every day. oh, right, okay. So, so what was challenging for me was here, recently, Vikings, 
Vikings is in its last season, this TV mm-hmm. show. Catherine Vinnick has been an amazing Lagatha, who is the the like the most famous shield maiden awesome. in Viking history. She may be a fictionalized character, but like tons of these just amazing female warrior characters in this TV. Yeah, show. I watched so, like a little bit of it, and then it was very violent. So, so I, I paused. Yeah, but I'm viscerally connected to just like it. shield maiden. You're feeling it. You're like, feeling ah. it. That then, would be a thing that I would be aligned with, like joining yeah. a group, shield mating. What I was not aligned with was what felt like appropriation mm-hmm. of, and certainly in the times of Vikings, probably men trained women as warriors. It's probably, not like the first time. It's not like no. I can't just go, it's not like I wouldn't go hire a dude to help me no. sword fight and get beastly strong and that sort of thing. But there was right. something about this particular offer that there wasn't a, a like super strong female leading yeah. this group called Shield Maidens. I get that. That drove me. And I wrote a really nice, polite thing of like why it didn't feel aligned to me. Yeah. Uh, that totally makes sense. And in all of the clips as they were going around, it looked like all of their leadership team were men. See, and I think that's the key thing. I think it's the leadership. And I think that this is what like a lot of white people miss when they're trying to get involved in anti-racism is they're like, well, how can I like lead a thing? And how can I like be, you know, and it's like, okay, if you're a white person and you want to do anti-racist work, then like I know my role is to lead with white people. Mm-hmm. Be like, here's how we white people don't be racist. And then if I'm with people of color, my job is to follow. Like my job is not to be the leader of yeah. the shield maidens. My job is to be like, you can hire me as a trainer and I'll be a contractor, but I'm not the like the mouthpiece. I'm not right. the face of the organization. I'm not a leader. I'll be, uh, let me be a useful cog where you think I should go. Sure. And like, and I think that's the key distinction is the leadership because it's really important like who leads who leads the work is really important yeah. and the optics of it are really important like as you as tons yourself of, tons of women were like yes sign me up i'm in that sort of thing and for me it, it was it was misaligned for me mm-hmm. and and it, and it's, i think specifically because of the title he could have called it something else that would have made sense yeah for a large man to be running a a thing helping to empower women or he could have told a story about why he's, why he's oh, like taking, why he felt like a personalized, why he felt called to do yeah, this. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanna like, and that's not how it came. I don't know. It, yeah, no, I I think that's that's so interesting, and it is. I mean, I think that that happens with the with the best intent. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot in like you know, like I'm saying, like with white people trying to do anti-racist work, or with men trying to like do feminist work. They're like, okay, well, how can I like be a leader? Like, you can't. That's the whole point, and like. So I, um, I remember this amazing class that I took at PSU. Um, it was Women of Color in the U.S. There was some other part to it. It was a very long title. But it was, so there's more of the title. I don't remember what it was. But it was amazing. And it was during that class, like, the teacher was so brilliant. She, like, I kept trying to be like, well, here's my opinion. She, she was like, I think first week she was like, this class is not about you. Yeah. And you can make one comment a week, and then you can ask questions, and that's it. And I was like, <laughs> so I just, I was like, okay, no, okay, those are the rules, it's fine. So I just sat in class, and I literally cried for nine weeks. Yeah. Because I had so many feelings, and I wasn't allowed to be 
like at the forefront, being a leader, giving my opinion. I had to like just sit there and learn and listen and not make it about me. And it was such a valuable experience. Like learning to sit down and shut up is not a skill I was great at. Yeah. I mean, always working on it, but (laughs) this was like one of the best experiences because it really viscerally taught me in my body how to like just settle down. It's, it's, it's so not about you and you get to be a witness. Like you are, you're lucky to be a witness. And I, I really, that's like, that's how I walked out of the class, a class. I walked out of it being like, oh, this isn't about me. Like we had to do a presentation at the end and I was yeah. like, I kind of made fun of myself. I was like, I took these images of 20 movies, 20s movie stars. I think it was, yeah. they were mostly Clara, Clara Bow, Clara Bow. And I think she said Clara Bow. I think okay. that's how she says her name. These stylized images and like all of, like they were like, like, <laughs> like me having feelings. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is what I got out of the class. I was like, I had all my feelings. And I'm like, but I get to, like, I'm an ally. I'm on your side. I have, and then it's like, nope, nope, you got to shut up. And then walking out of that class, like really having gotten to experience my proper role in that movement yeah. is a, like a follower and a helper and not a leader. It was so good for me. Yeah, well, and it's challenging as a person who's like inspired and called to want to help in particular ways. Some of us are tapped on the shoulders like you mm-hmm. are a leader. And so we feel like we're a leader in every room. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. We're like, I'm a leader, that's who I am. Yeah, especially when we do have privilege relative to like the other people in the room, Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, let me use this. Like, I feel that I have more power. And in that situation, your role is actually just like, like give your power over for the good of this, you know, of like the cause that you've agreed to align with. And like, it's such a, I think the ego flexibility that you have to learn is the biggest thing that throws people off. Like, I think the ego flexibility for me of like doing work on whiteness has been, I think it's been one of the best medicines I've ever gotten. Like, it's just so good for me to have, like every time it happens, it's good for me to be like, oh God, I'm not, it's not about me. Okay, it's not about me. (laughs) Not about me, it's not about me, it's fine, not about me, cool. And it hurts and it sucks and it's uncomfortable and it's like so transformative and amazing. And it's, yeah, like I think that, but that ego thing. And I think also like it kind of bringing it back, like that's why I'm fascinated by the British Royal family and especially by Kate Middleton because the British Royal family in and of themselves, like there's a lot of fascinating, but it's more like voyeuristic where I'm like, what are they like? They're so weird and like yes. foreign and yes. not just foreign because they're British, but foreign, like two British people. They're like, there's, I mean, cause they're also German. Like that's their ancestry is they're really just German people. Interesting. Yeah. I know very little. It's, about the royal family. It's whatever. It's a it's a whole thing. The thing that I think I've always found fascinating about Kate Middleton is that she grew up like just a regular middle class girl and then her family's wealth and her exposure to the upper classes just grew really, really quickly. Yeah. And she's now she's gonna be the Queen of England. And so her ego flexibility this whole time is she's com- had to completely relearn how to see herself and how she interacts with the world. And the transformation that, that requires of you internally is I think a really good replica of the ego transformation that we're all on yeah is like learning to be our best most like the the part of the version of ourselves that has the highest capacity to meet the demands put on us 
and the highest ability to perform, the highest creativity, the highest, like we're really performing at that highest level. It's that ego transition. That makes sense. And I think that's why I find her so fascinating is because like she did it. And there are a lot of us attempt, attempting to ascend and yeah. shift our minds around how do we ascend to, to some, some new version of height, some bigger, expansive version yeah. of myself. Yeah. Like that's the work you do with your clients. Mm -hmm. And that's the work I do with my clients. And that's the work I do on myself. Like so that's the work we do on ourselves. And just like figuring out how we do that over and over and over again is it's like amazing and challenging and, and fascinating and like the only work I ever want to do. Right. And these next few weeks to the end of the month, we're attempting to figure out how to be more expansive and health focused and abundance focused as we, some of us have to be trapped into our house right. and washing our hands a lot and not touching each other or going out to spaces and remembering mm -hmm. that other humans exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a, an amazing challenge. And, you know, we, there's a lot, there's a lot that we get to figure out now. I was thinking earlier today, are we good on time? We're, we're nearing, we're nearing, we're nearing the end. Okay. Up. I just want to like say this yeah. thing that I thought of, because I was trying to think of like, what do we need to take care of ourselves? And like, what do I need? And like, what do I find helpful? And one of the things that came to me is like, it's SOS. That's the connection we need, SOS. So that's source mm -hmm. and others and self. Right. And so, you know, it just kind of was like a, a tidy little thing. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's so useful. Because it's like, we, we're going to need that connection. We're all going to be like, I think we need to be quarantining already as much as possible. Um, I've been turtling for a couple of weeks now. And I wouldn't have come out of the house for anything less than this. <laughs> <laughs> really like, okay. So when we're feeling disconnected, like we connect to whatever we, whatever relationship is with our creator or whether that's like, you don't think of something spiritually, you think of like science, like the concept of science or how the world works. I think of it as resourced source and how are you sourced? How are you resourced? Yeah. So it's an internal connection. Yeah. 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 So it's like you find that connection to the, the thing that's bigger than you. And then you reach out to like you get connection with other actual human beings or other like your pets or right now maybe it has to be on zoom a lot more or facetime or you know facebook video or whatever it is calling people and you know doing that a lot more and then connecting with yourself so that you're checking in and be like okay babe how are you doing do you need like what do you need right now what can i give you that you can that we can like actually do like, so I've been thinking about that because like I said, I've been, I've been practicing the quarantine. I'm like, okay, these are the things that are kind of keeping me sane, keeping my stuff together while I really want to hug everybody. Yes. Like that's my natural setting is hugging everyone. Can we give this moment for other people? My mother, we earlier were talking about how mothers are right. My mother had this amazing saying and then Grey's Anatomy said it too. So they got to be more famous for it. So but she started it. Let's be mindful of our microphones. Okay. And then let's all hug ourselves together. Mm. Maybe I go this way. How does it? Um, okay. Mm. I like that. <laughs> and there's, there's health, health yeah. in your self hug. Yeah. I, I think maybe if there's a playful question, let's see what happens. Okay. What does this one say? Playful question. What would your talent be if you were Miss or Mr. World? <laughs> Is that like like a pageant kind of a thing? Yeah. Like what would my talent be? Yeah. I mean, the easy one would be opera singing. I would love but... to see Mr. World with the opera. Yeah. With your voice. That would, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, 
got to make that happen. I mean, that's just, that's kind of the easy one. What, what would yours be? Oh, shit. I don't think I came up with one. It, it might also be a singing thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I could do a monologue. Oh, I could try a comedy routine. I think oh, a comedy routine at a pageant would be really fucking I know. Ridiculous. It's such a, it's such a, like, niched audience. You really, like, like, fancy things like opera or piano playing or, like, ballet. Like, those are the things that usually do really well. Yeah. So, it's comedy. kind of, yeah. All right. This is a good one. What is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? I have a friend that walked out on someone who was wearing a kilt. I might also do the same. Um, Ooh, it depends on what date they wore it to. So not. I, that's so interesting because I'm just thinking now. Like I don't. I think I have very specific kilt rules. I think you can wear kilts. <laughs> it just depends on what we're. Yeah. Like in a certain situation, like I know people who've gotten married in kilts. And I'm like, yes, you do. Get it. Yeah. And then first if, date kilts. First date. Oh no, honey, no. No. No, we're jeans. Just be a human. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I had such specific kilt rules. <laughs> well, there, are, there are instances where kilt would be like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. And but I mean, it's like a bathing suit. If somebody wore a bathing suit on the first date and you're in a I restaurant, wear. you'd be like, are you insane? Yeah. But many places, bathing suits are the thing you're supposed to wear. Fair. So, so it's interesting. But kilt's a good one for the first date. I don't... Let's just assume it's first date. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely kilt. I'm trying to think of another okay. thing. MAGA hat. Bye. I suppose. Yeah. Have yeah. fun on your date. Um, I just go with kilt. Because I can't kilts? think of another piece of clothing that would just, like, throw shit off like that. I mean, so I think that there are a lot of them. Like, bathing suit. If somebody wear a bathing suit at the first date, that'd be weird. Okay. 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 I... So let's say, like... flops Okay. Yeah, no. Like, unless just, we're... It at, depends. Yeah. Unless our first date's at the beach. Which not likely for me. Not likely. Sand and we're in Oregon. We're in Portland. And I don't like we're shorts necessarily. Yeah. Like so. Our coastline is not. I actually went for... on a first date and it was really annoyed. Like we're going out to evening things. You should not be. You should be wearing shoes. I should not have to see. Someone your wore flip flops on a first know date. You to see your that feet. actually happened to you? Yeah. Oh no. It's really <laughs> sweet. I mean, it was a good date. Yeah. I had to overlook that a lot. I did want to walk out. Here's the thing. And when you're first dating, you want to make it really easy to tell a good story about you. Like that's that's like. The first little while of dating, it needs to, like, ultimately, you don't want to have a lot of stuff that people need to overlook that early. Like, they're going to be there. <laughs> you wait long Plenty enough. Plenty of things later. As long as you wait long enough, there's going to be stuff to overlook about everybody. Right. Everybody. But, like, that early on. I wonder what, yeah, the, so, like, MAGA hat, but, um, oh, the, there were these, like, really offensive shirts that guys in my high school used to wear. I think they were like Big Johnson. They were always these like really dumb, they were like dick joke, dick oh. jokes on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and they were allowed to wear them in school. Yeah. So that would be a big, I mean, I think there's, a, I think I probably have a lot of things that people, but if, to make me walk out on them, it would have to be something really egregious. Yeah. I'm curious. Because otherwise is... I'm pretty like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'd be like, this is interesting. What's happening here? Let's find out what all, <laughs> what you were thinking. Oh, that's boring. Trying to figure out the last question question. Great. I think I've got this. Okay. This wins. I'm ready. All right. So the next next level up. The zombie apocalypse is coming. Oh boy. Who are the three people you want on your team? I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you finish this. No pressure. Okay. Who are the just three the whole end of the show? People you want on your team. For the um, zombie apocalypse. For the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. They um, don't have to be real because my I'm Oh gonna... good. Okay. Okay. 
Um, I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't know that many fictional people either, but um, if we're going, like, let's just go big or go home. Um, I would want, let's see, I would want um, Zoe from Firefly. Okay. She's rad as hell. Um, I would want probably Doctor Who. He seems useful. Okay, great. And he's funny. Mm -hmm. And then, um, let's see, third person on my team. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but Jane Austen is coming to mind. So let's go with that. Fair. Okay. I feel like I've got a good a good spread of like survival, comedy, and pithy observations. <laughs> It's a good show. Watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sort of torn between. So Elizabeth Mitchell plays a bunch of characters that are amazing in apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic oh. situations. She was a doctor on Lost, and she was oh, in I don't Revolution. Know her. Okay. Yeah, and this. So do you think that she, as an actor, has gleaned that knowledge? Any of her characters. Oh, okay. So you're like okay, her character cool. from like Revolution. So you're not or, even like, like it has to be a certain character, like, just like all of her complicated. Badass women that she plays. Yeah. Would be on my zombie apocalypse cool. team. Probably Arrow. So Oliver Queen from Arrow. Oh, God. I haven't watched anything. Character. He's like archery and uh, lots of parkour. And okay. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, you want somebody with survivalist skills. Mm -hmm. Like Zoe's definitely got those. Plus, like, one of the characters that Elizabeth Mitchell plays is a doctor. And then... I don't know. I just think it'd be fun to be around Sarah Lance, which is another fake character. Nice. Because you show. gotta, that's, you need, you need the also, survival. Also, right now, she has a time machine. Because she is the Perfect. captain of, uh, in Legends of Tomorrow, she has a time machine. Perfect. So we could just, Perfect. if we screw it up the first time, we just, just go, just redo. Yeah. <laughs> or go back to before the thing and fix the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, As a backup. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you need the you need the survival, you need the practicality, and you need the humor and like, you know, pithy observations. So we've got the teams for that apocalypse. Right. You're on our team for this version of this apocalypse. Yeah. And I think I think we did a whole thing. Yeah. I think we did a longer thing. Thanks for being here. Oh, our Amazon link is there. Is that our bidet? Hey, we've got a bidet. Okay, so you've got an I pooped T-shirt. You've got a bidet. We've got a Patreon link. Yeah. Sure. I think this is the biggest one. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Listen. For being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Everybody poop. Take care of your pooping. Mm -hmm. Very important during these hard times. And then theoretically our uh, outro music plays. Awesome. Who's the outro? Do we like do a dance during the outro? I don't know. Well, that's how that went. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend, and come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I did. <laughs>